Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. introduction said this is Cindy Meyer publisher of Spirit Seeker magazine for over 20 years and you can um, read many of the archived issues uh, at www.spiritseeker.com in addition to the magazine we have the weekly radio show we have a weekly email newsletter and um, we do all kinds of other things. So the the main way to find out what is happening uh, with the radio show, the magazine, or any other Mind, Body, Spirit conference or event throughout the U.S. into Canada, and we do also uh, help promote events in Europe, is to send us an email to info, I-N-F-O, at spiritseeker.com, which is S P I R I T. S-E-E-K-E-R.com, and just ask to be added to our email list. One of the new things that we are going to be doing is each month we're going to be drawing, doing drawings for books and CDs because uh, each week you would not believe the number of, of wonderful books from all over the world and um, CDs because we do music and meditation and yoga, uh, DVD and CD reviews. And so we're going to start a new thing where we will be randomly drawing um, two names each month and you may be the winner. So definitely be part of our email uh, newsletter and um, we do not sell our list, so it's sacrosanct. And that way you can find out about all these wonderful happenings as well as possibly when something marvelous and it can arrive in your um, in your mailbox then. Now tonight we are um, doing a show on homes, like what, how to sell your house, how to find the perfect house, um, how to get your house ready to go on the market. We're going to cover everything from A to Z that we can possibly um, share with you. And, you know, I, m- many of you know, but here's a little bit of my background in case you don't. I have been the publisher, as I said, of Spirit Seeker Magazine for over 20 years, and I have been a life coach for over 20 years. And I have worked in the area of feng shui and real estate, working with real estate for over 11 years. And I absolutely love houses. Um, I am a Reiki master teacher as well and trained in sound healing and all kinds of other good things. So I, um, before I even became a real estate agent, I worked with real estate agents helping them with houses that would not sell because real estate agents like their houses to sell. They like they always like the the newness and making people happy and bringing the buyer to, you know, the house or the seller, you know, being happy that the buyer came to the house. There's just a lot of energy around houses. And um so that's where I started and I absolutely, you know, just have been intrigued with real estate and feng shui and the energy of homes for as long as I can remember. Now joining me tonight is Sandra Wallach and Sandra works in the same um um, I should say I work in the real estate office with her. She is a uh, 20-year veteran uh, in the area of real estate. She's lived in St. Louis for over 35 years and um, has an understanding of homes that is just, you know, very special. She has been um, 
incredibly helpful to me, guiding me from the basics all the way um, to the to the intricacies. And we both um, we both love working with all of the layers. So we work with the mind, the body, and the spirit of the buyers and the sellers, and Sandy and I will both be talking about that tonight. Sandy has a background in uh, marketing. She worked in the area of um, marketing with a uh, marketing and management, um, top management, I should say, with St. Louis University Medical Center. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so without, without any further ado, I'm just going to go ahead and bring Sandy on. And Sandy, thank you so much for being my guest and um, bringing the show to our listeners. Well, this is my pleasure. Um, I love what I do, and I think it shows uh, to all the buyers and sellers that I work with and the other agents that I work with. So, you know, and it's good to choose something in life that you do that you can be in love with. Right, I absolutely agree. And um and listeners, just so you know the um the format of the show, Sandy and I will be talking, but at any time if you have a question, you just push one pound on your phone and um my producer will um, bring you into the side room and let me know that there is someone with a question. So we welcome your questions. We are not doing psychic house readings, though, just so you know. So if you're going to say, will my house sell? That is not the uh, format of tonight's show. Tonight's show is what, you know, if you have a question like, what can I do? What are some tips, et cetera? Then by all means, you know, please, you know, push the one one uh, pound and we will be here to help you. But, you know, Sandy, let's just talk about just some basics on, you know, when a person is thinking um, about selling their house. I mean, I know, you know, from real estate, what I can share and feng shui that I can share. But since you have worked in this area for so long, what is one of the first things when someone says, I'm thinking about selling my house and putting it on the market, do you think it would be best if I wait till the spring or do you think I should do it in January or just, just start wherever you would like and just offer us your wisdom? Well, first of all, I I tell the uh, person, and sometimes I've worked with that that uh, seller before, but kind of know their personality. But I will explain that houses sell all year round. People move all year round. There obviously is a a, a, a big burst of sales generally in the spring because that's when when uh, people who have school-age children are generally um, looking to get themselves settled before the next school year. Um, there's also a big burst of energy in the in the housing market in, in uh, January, believe it or not, because that's when a lot of uh, people are getting transferred in their jobs. So you, you really have no bad time or good time. There just might be a little better time in the spring, particularly if you have a house that is, is, is uh, made for a family where there's going to be a tendency to have, have the school-aged children. But, you know, four-bedroom houses also sell to single people. So, you know, I'm not even going to say that that's a, that's a, a hard, fast um, rule. Um, but the first thing that I do is say that, I'd like to come over and see your house um, and let's see how much, you know, what I'm trying to do is see how much work has to be done before we can even think about putting the house on the market. There may be nothing that has to be done and there just might be a whole um, semi-renovation that has to happen. Right. So so some of the um, 
feng shui tips, which are going to coincide with exactly what Sandy's talking about, is the very first thing that a real estate agent or a feng shui real estate agent looks at is how much clutter is there. Because in feng shui, one of the biggest things is less is more. And um, I'll let Sandy address taking down the personal photos, et cetera. But, mm-hmm. but the main thing that um, is, and this is inside and outside, you know, it's if someone drives up and they just see abandoned lawnmowers or abandoned stuff or a project that was started and not completed, and you can just tell, like, oh, they started to put that water pond in, and then I guess they just either ran out of steam or <laughs> ran out of money. I mean, it's one of the things that um, that people notice. So before they've even stepped onto your porch and put their finger on the doorbell, they have felt who you are. So, Sandy, I'll let you tag in here with some of the things that um, that you you do with your assessment of the inside and outside. Okay, and and what you just mentioned is exa- is exactly what I go to the house to do. I I say to the seller sellers, um, let's sit down and let's pretend that we're a buyer coming to your house. What are they going to see? And I start uh, with what I can spot right away um, is a is a good is a good spot. You know, I I say you know this that entryway is gorgeous with that, that honest to goodness marble. It's you know we we've got a great entry there way to work with. But then I start easing into the things we're going to have to do, and whether it's um, you, you know I, I notice that there was something, some looked like a uh, an abandoned pond project out there in the front of the house. You know, I would say something like, is that going to be finished soon? Uh, and then I, I go on and I work my way through the house with the people because I want them to, to uh, admit to having to do something even before I bring it up, if possible. But I do, I walk all the way through the house with them. And then I say, okay, so we talked about the entryway being gorgeous. Now, what are we going to do to bring out that gorgeous when people enter the house or when they see photos of the house on, online? What are we going to do to stress or show the beauty of that marble? Because we have an awful lot of things sitting around in there that are going to possibly take away from the person's glance at the entryway when they walk in. Are they going to see those baskets of clutter going up the stairway or uh, actually taking up too much room the way that you have to scoot around it to get toward the kitchen? Is that what's going to happen? Or are we going to clear that area so that that marble shows up? Mm-hmm. And we do that in every room of the house. And, of course, I'm, you know, I do try to point out all the positives. It's likely that, especially if I sold the house, to <laughs> there, there are a lot of beautiful points in that house that I can remember. And and I'm very um, quick uh, to point those out. But, boy, I really want that list of things that need to be done. 
because we we only have one chance to go on the market. Right. And I want that to be with beauty and uh, uh, no clutter, um, no abandoned projects, and things that look right where they are. Well, and I'm going to address the outside of the house um, because everything Sandy just said is um, is is so true. When you step into the house, you know the very first thing is if if the door is banging into something that um, the, here here's a true feng shui story on a health condition. Um, there was a guy that I met when I was in Ohio. Um, who said, oh, you're a feng shui consultant. And I said, yeah, and this was probably 15 years ago, 14 years ago. It was a long time ago. And he said, um, "He said, well, I, I had this back condition. He said, I was carrying these books to, um, out, getting ready to take them out to my car. I was donating them. And all of a sudden, my back just, like, I don't know what I did. And he said, um, and I, I never made it, you know, even out the front door. He says, but I went to all these different doctors, and no one could figure it out, and they took x-rays, and they went to the chiropractor, and he says, on and on and on. He said, and then this feng shui, someone said, you should talk to this feng shui person. She's really good with um, health conditions. So he went to this feng shui consultant, and he described what had happened, and she said, well, where are those books now? And he says, well, they're exactly by the front door where, you know, the, I haven't been able to move them. My back's been out. And she said, and what happens when you open your door? And he says, what do you mean? And she said, um, just imagine in your mind opening your front door and what happens. She, he goes, well, I bang into those books every time I open my front door. And she said, Mm-hmm. And where do you feel it in your body when that bam happens? He goes, well, where my back hurts. They moved the books, and the door open, opened with ease. No more banging through his body every time the door opened. And his pain went away. And that's, you know, it's like the energetics of, you know, the worst place for clutter is behind doors. And a lot of times people are like, oh, people won't see it because they're going to open the door and they won't see it or whatever. Oh, yes, they do. And energetically, you never want a door that's going to bang into anything. So you never want clutter um, near an entryway. Now, um, when I was talking earlier about when you're walking up to the house, a person's house, and you're arriving for the first time and, you know, you're getting ready to ring the doorbell, you notice things. Is the wreath on the door from another season or has it been on that door for 15 years and it looks like, you know, someone's Aunt Mamie made it and it needed to be in the trash can years ago? You know, you you look and feel what it feels like. And does the doorbell work? If there's um, a number on, on the door and, the, and the, there's a light over it, but the light doesn't work, you look at the light fixtures. Are they, are they the same? Are they operational? Or is there a piece of glass missing? And they just, you know, you know, there's so many things. The front door to your home is where the greatest amount of energy enters or exits. It's called the, the biggest mouth of chi or energy because that is where people come in, they go out, they come in, they go out, you know, and that is your welcoming mouth of chi. So oftentimes just by putting a new doormat, by changing the wreath on your door, by putting wind chimes outside, by putting fresh flowers outside, just by changing the energy of your front door, you attract energy to your home. And many many of you I know have um, seen where Asian shopkeepers get out there and they have their broom in the morning and they're sweep, 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 sweep. Well, there's a reason they're sweeping. They're sweeping away the old energy and welcoming in the new energy of the new people coming in that day. 
So your your front entrance on the outside, and then when you come in, what Sandy was saying, you want to have this welcoming feeling of this beauty and peace when you enter in the house. You know, what you're saying is so true, Cindy, because last summer I had a couple who, um, they actually had three houses on the top of their list that they were going to buy. We revisited all three of those houses at least three times, in one case, four. And one of the houses that just didn't make it to, the, uh, to be the one chosen was, the, it was because of the entryway. It just had nothing there. It, had, it, was not, it, it wasn't cluttered so much as it was just almost non-existent. You know, you can have a black and a white, and you can have a mushy gray. This was the way it was. And it was a good house in a nice neighborhood. And and just, it had all the right space um, for this couple. Well, so be it. Um, it it uh, went through the whole season of summer, didn't sell. Went, um, went off the market around the holidays. And a friend of mine, uh, another agent uh, that I work with a lot, uh, was lucky enough to get a phone call from the owner that said, could you just come over and and see why my house didn't sell before and see what we should do. That agent talked this couple into saying, you know, let me do what I need to do, okay? Okay. And she took that house, and this just happened just the last two weeks. She completely transformed that walkway up to the door, which used to be a gray in your mind, and it has now become red and white and pink and all the wonderful colors of of summer. And she has transformed the whole driveway into the garage area just took that whole exterior and made it beautiful with flowers and little uh, little patches of fence and just just completely transformed it. I am I, I cannot believe that, that that's the same house I showed four times to the same person. <laughs> and it's going to sell in the first week. I, I can tell you that in an area where the inventory is low Right. If they see, if a person sees three houses, that's going to be at the top of their list because it's welcoming you right now. Right. You feel it, and this is the beautiful time of year when spring and everything's blossoming. And, you know, the, the home next to mine sold without ever even having an open house. And there's another home in my subdivision that had a bidding war. There were 10 contracts on it in less than two hours. And the home sold for 25000 more than the asking price. Mm-hmm. And people do not get that there is a, uh, you know, you say there is a shortage of houses on the market. And they're like, yeah, you're just trying to sell a house. <laughs> I mean, I know you've heard it, Sandy. You know, okay. they they just don't understand it, you know. So let's talk about that. And and what has happened with the um, since the economic crisis that we all went through a number of years ago and how that is affecting people holding their houses off the market? Well, I, we're still experiencing a, a 
a vast shortage. <laughs> so uh, we have not enough inventory to satisfy the buyers that are out there. Sure, you'll see a for sale sign here and there, and the house doesn't look like it's selling. Well, there's probably a reason uh, why it's not selling. It's either overpriced, the condition's bad, uh, or or some uh, peculiar uh, problem is existing. However, if your house is priced right and it's clean and conditioned and welcomes you, it is likely going to sell. Uh, particularly if it's in in one of the, I know in St. Louis, uh, you know, it's going to be, uh, and I I specialize in the central corridor, which is that Highway uh, 64 corridor, all the way from river to river. So those are the areas I know best. And but I hear from other agents that the same conditions exist uh, further further south uh, as well, and further north and all the way west into the next county. We are experiencing a terrible shortage of homes uh, to sell. And so when we, you know, you still don't want to um, have a person that you're out there with showing houses, uh, they're, they're looking for what is going to be their greatest investment, you're still responsible for them finding a house that is worth their investing. Uh, so you're, you know, you're as responsible for a buyer as you are a seller. And as an agent, your training and experience has to go to work just as well on that buyer. I know that, that you know, a lot of times I'm with a buyer and they say they want to live in a certain uh, subdivision or a certain area of St. Louis, uh, and, and the first thing I ask them is, let me ask you, how do you live? And they look at me with wide eyes, you know, and I say, no, I mean that. How do you live? Do you do a lot of things at home? Do you use your yard? Do you um, uh, do a lot of outdoor entertaining well, you're not going to have that where you're telling me you want to live. Mm-hmm. And sometimes an agent knows more by asking the right questions than even that buyer does because they they have a preconceived notion of what they want, often because some friend or some relative or somebody told them where they need to live or how they need to live. And by asking the right questions, you can zero in on the areas that they that they probably will be very comfortable. Obviously, you're going to show them where they have suggested they want to live. But I think if you can show them the comparisons, they're going to find out that they can get maybe a lot more for their money by doing A, B, and C rather than D. And they're going to thank you years later when they call you back to sell their house. Um but they're but they're going to uh, you know to get back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago. They are going to be affected, uh, be it bad or good. They're going to be affected by that first shot of the house. Right. So you you know I try to get them to something good, um, something that's going to appeal to them right off the bat. So they'll be with me for the rest of the visits that day. Right. 
Well, and, you know, getting back to the the clutter aspect, and then I want to just um, – Give a suggestion. Um, so, so this is what this is what Sydney Meyer, little feng shui realtor, suggests. You get a clipboard <laughs> and you go room to room. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what I do, whether it's a feng shui consultation or working with a client in real estate. And you know, oftentimes they're the one and the same, but other times, you know, like you know, I'm doing a feng shui consultation on Thursday morning um, for a woman who is getting ready to create a new kitchen in her home. And this home was built over a hundred and I think it's 110 years ago. And she wants to have a modern kitchen, but she wants to still retain the whole feeling of this house. I cannot wait to see this house. It was built by someone who moved from England to St. Louis. And um, the top of the house is a glass pyramid. Just and it, there's there's all these like ancient symbols in the crown molding and in the the glass uh, uh, on the front door. I know I just cannot wait to see this house. So in that particular case, that is an, um, more of an interior design, uh, making sure we balance the five elements and that is in keeping with the rest of the house so that it still flows. So in some cases, you know, but then she also wants me to do an overall with the rest of the time, um, just, just you know, doing the gazing through the house, making sure that, you know, what she wants to create with her kitchen, if there's a way we can still create that throughout the rest of the house. So you kind of look at everything. But one of the exercises that I do uh, with a with working with a client is what is your intention you know, what are you wanting to create? What are your goals in your life? Um, and kind of like what Sandy was just talking about with, okay, so if you're wanting a patio and you're wanting nature, you know, do you really think you want to live in a heavily urban area where, you know, houses are stacked on top of each other? Or do you want something with a little more space? You know, are you wanting, you know, outdoor concerts in your in your neighborhood? How important is it to be able to walk out your door and go to a coffee shop? You know, there's so many different questions. But to get your house ready for sale or to, um, you know, to get get the highest impact when a person walks in is to have it decluttered. And so the best thing that you can do when you start decluttering your house and getting it ready is to use the following phrase, love it, use it, or lose it. I'll repeat that. Love it, use it, or lose it. And one of the best things you can do is Um, to do a guided meditation in your mind of what a person experiences from the time they pull up in front of your house. And you see this in your mind, but then you actually do it physically with a clipboard. But first you just do it with your mind. You imagine the person parking. And how easy was it to find your house? Is the One of the things that is one of my biggest pet peeves is to not be able to see the number on a home or business. And I can remember one time not having the business, uh, the cell phone of the uh, owner of a business and there was no way to reach this person because the switchboards were closed. It was on a weekend, and there was no number on this building. And the only way I finally was able to find this place is I found the phone number of the secretary who then said, oh, my God, we hear this all the time. No one can ever find our place. And that was one of the biggest things that, you know, the consultation was about is why is our business not succeeding? So you want to be able to have your number either on the mailbox or on the front door where it's easily seen. So you want the person to be able to find you. And then what do they experience when they walk up your driveway? What is the pathway to your home like? Then I already talked about this. What do they feel when they're standing on the front porch? Because they have felt you before they have even entered your home. Then you imagine in your mind walking in as a guest 
what are they seeing? What's over to the right? What's straight back? And then you just imagine going through room by room in your mind first and seeing it, going upstairs, downstairs, throughout the whole, it's like your own guided meditation. Then you actually do it physically. You get a clipboard and you go room to room and you look at everything with the eyes of an observer. Do I like that painting? Do I like that knick-knack? Do I even like this, that, and the other? Or was that given to me as a wedding gift from my husband's aunt? And, you know, what if she comes to visit and she hasn't been there in 20 years? You know, and so what you do is you just, especially if you're getting ready to put your house on the market, you start right then and there. What do I no longer love? What do I no longer need? Anything that's broken, if if it hasn't been fixed in a long time, if you have printers or computers, I mean, you know the electronic stuff. You just make a list of what has to go. So lose lose it is what's going to go to the donation or whatever. If you love it, you're going to keep it. If you use it, you're going to keep it. And so you kind of make a list immediately of what you can let go of. And people and myself included, you know, just have so much stuff. And, you know, working with a personal organizer to get you ready is a good way to speed up the process. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in personal organizers. They can come and they, they, they're not attached to your stuff. So they can easily um, create, you know, okay, do you want to keep this? Do we donate this? Or does this go to the trash? And that's really the best way with the three piles. You know, when you're doing paperwork or you're doing any kind of anything, you can do, do those three things, you know, donation, um, trash, or keep. So, you know, and Sandy, I know you know, we've seen it all. Um, I can remember visiting my brother's house probably 12 years ago. I was at a Hay House conference in Las Vegas, and um, it was actually longer ago than that. And my brother and sister-in-law bought this new house with their two kids, and I was like, wow, this is fabulous. And then I said to them, I said, where's your stuff? I said, there's like no no stuff even in your garage. And they both looked at each other and started laughing. And they're like, well, um, and this was before I was a real estate agent, but um, but I was a feng shui consultant. And they said, well, when our real estate agent told us to get the house ready, we had to like rent a storage locker to pull all of our stuff in to make it ready to go on the market. And he says, they said but they liked it so much they never took their stuff back. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I would say that two out of I would say that two out of five um, are of the houses that I list have to have their stuff either go into a storage locker or into a pot. But they, I would say, two out of five is not an exaggeration. And 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 but the hardest thing to rid the house of are the souvenirs, the knickknacks and the photos. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's address you know, they, that. <laughs> excuse me? Let's address that. Like how yeah. does a person um, make it user-friendly for any type of person coming in to look at that house? With you the know, knickknacks, are, the photos. Just let's go ahead, address that, please. Well, well, I think that, you know, I say to the person, now we need to err on the side of, getting rid of more rather than less. We're going to get rid of so much that it's going to hurt. And, you know, they're looking at me with wide eyes generally, and then, they, of course, they know that I'm pretty blunt. But, but I'm blunt lovingly. Um, but the, but the, the thing is, it's, it's, we don't want all that stuff greeting the buyer. And, you know, the, one of the hardest things that I ever did was tell a woman who had, like, four grandchildren that she must 
take down all of the photos that were on this room divider that she had beautifully framed. I have to take those down? I said, you know, you're only going to be for sale for a short time. We're hopefully going to sell this house in a few weeks. And then you can put them up in your new house. She just absolutely did not want to part with those. The other thing are those refrigerator photos that are up. I mean, they're generally, when when somebody has one on a refrigerator, they're going to be 40. Mm-hmm. And you need to get those off. That refrigerator needs to be bare. People need to wonder if somebody's living here. Because... They, they should not be looking at your photos. The buyers should be looking at your beautiful vanity, at your beautiful tile, at your wonderful neutral colors. That's what they should be focusing on. Not, you didn't, oh, my goodness, yeah. I think I know that guy in that picture. And and that's so true because if all of a sudden they're looking at birthday pictures with cake all over on sticky hands and everything else, and they're just thinking, what else has this house been through? You know, it's like the the less they can imagine and the more they can just feel the peace and the serenity, and they'll feel the joy. I mean, if you have a happy house, you can't not feel that happy. Um, same thing as, you know, when a when a restaurant fails and then another restaurant comes in and it fails, and then another one comes in, and you're like, huh, wonder how long this one's going to last. Well, houses are the same way. If a house has been sold, then it's, like, sold again quickly, and then it's sold again quickly. I mean, when I first moved in my house, there was the house next to mine was a rental property, and it went through one family, then another family. Then this Asian family with six brand-new cars was out front. We could never figure out how many people lived in that house. They had, I think it was eight trash cans, and all of a sudden you'd see another set of elderly people coming out, and you'd be like, where have they been, you know? And you know, and then finally the house sold. Well, the new people lasted less than two years because that was the energy of that house, like a swinging door, come on, leave. And then another person bought it, and then they sold it, and then finally the family's been there now for about – I think, 10 years. But, I mean, energy is energy. And houses um, have energy, and you want to depersonalize them so that they're not imagining all the different things that happen. And that's why no pictures and, um, you know, as much personal trivia stuff is, like if someone has trophies that they've won for bowling, you don't want them to, like, know that about the house. They, They don't need to know that the person that lived there was a bowling fanatic. You know, one of the things in today's real estate world, of course, is the the use of the Internet. This is where uh, the majority of people at least first see the house. And it doesn't matter whether you sent them the the link or whether they found it themselves, but they're going to have visited that house uh, before they actually go to the address. They will look on the Internet uh, they being the buyer, they're going to see what they're going to see. And you want those photos, if you are the uh, agent helping the seller, you want those photos as free of clutter as you as you do the actual house. You want those photos to display the beauty of everything. And the minute you have a lot of 
fake flowers and fake greenery and and pictures and um uh, you know just junk of course it's not always junk to the seller but it is to the buyer you you the minute you have all that in a picture you've ruined your chances of that be buyer wanting to even see the house. I can't tell you the number of times I have had to convince the buyer, oh, you know what, those pictures weren't that great, but let's go see that house because I think it's really going to meet your your requirements. I've had to talk the person into seeing them because those pictures showed so much junk that they couldn't see the reality of the house. Well, and another thing is, um, I call it the checkerboard effect of one room's blue, one room's pink, one room's yellow, Mm -hmm. one room... You know, um, there was a time before I understood the full implications of feng shui where... I kind of had that. I had I had worked with an interior designer, and it was after my mother had died, and it was kind of a, I don't know, it was just a challenging time in my life anyway, and so she recommended these colors, and I kind of went along with it, even though the one color I didn't even like. But it just, I thought, okay, I need to get out of the box. I need to shift the energy. And I remember someone coming in one time who said, it feels like a Starbucks in here. <laughs> it was just... <laughs> I mean, it was just bad. And so when I, when I um, in 2010, I uh, did a complete remodel on my main level of my home, and there are now five shades of white. Like, you know, you would never know it, but, you know, I worked with an interior designer, and I did the feng shui aspect, and then there were three of us on the team. And um, I'm telling you, but there were actually five shades of white. So one of the things that is very distracting when you flip through the pictures uh, online, um, and we're in an online era, like Sandy was saying. I mean, it used to be that there was the MLS, and that was pretty much it. We now have Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, and the young people, just like the young readers of Spirit Seeker, they don't read the paper magazines anymore. They read everything online. It's all digital. Here we go. And so when they start seeing this room's this and that room's that, it's, it creates almost like a dizzying effect. So you want to, you want, you know, a coat of paint is the most, the cheapest way to get everything, you know, uh, in order. But, you know, I don't know, Sandy, do you have any thoughts thoughts on, I mean, do you actually address that in your consultations or do you just kind of focus oh, on absolutely. decluttering? Nope, yeah. absolutely. You know, the first thing I say is, if you have to ask me the question, do you think we need to paint? Then the answer is yes. Don't ask me that question because you must be doubting that the rooms are suitable yourself if you're asking that question. But number two, you know, neutral today, and it has been this way for probably 20 years, um, neutrals can go a lot of directions. They're not necessarily white. Uh, They're different shades of white, gray, uh, even some of the southwest colors. But they are not a defined, different color in every room. That just absolutely—I love that term, dizzy in effect, because it because it you do get dizzy going through. You know, go through the house as a buyer. We go through it. Oh my God, I'm going to have to paint this house or this room. I'm going to. Oh, 
I have to paint this room too. Oh, if I could just live here a couple of years before having to paint. Right. And you can do that with neutral colors. You can live there a while. Even if your your choice of colors would be more southwest than grays, you can at least live there a while before having to invest the money in painting. But don't, you know, I, when the seller says to me, well, I thought, you know, I hate to paint the house because the buyer might not like these colors and they can paint it whatever they like when they get here. Oh, for goodness sakes. The buyer's going to like nothing in your house if you don't paint it. Right, and the new the new trend, you know, I'm um, also trained with biobiology, which is it's relatively unknown in the United States, but we are seeing more and more of it. It comes from Germany, and Germany um, always hands down wins every solar um, global award. They win the greening award. I mean, they are Germany is so far ahead of the rest of the world with um, understanding. Um, the effects of the electromagnetic fields, the EMFs from the phones, the EMFs from the computers. I could go on and on. It's a whole whole separate course of um, tr- working with a home. So, for instance, they don't believe in carpeting anywhere because carpeting, no matter how much you clean it, it still has chemicals. It still has all the shoes that are walking across it. And then if you don't have shoes, you still have the chemicals, for the most part, from the cleaning. And so then your feet are walking across a chemical uh, bed all day long. They don't believe in wall paper because especially if you're going to use wallpaper it has to be more bamboo or natural so that the walls can breathe so vinyl wallpaper is a big no-no and back in the day a lot of these older homes every room was wallpapered and it's like that is just so not um not not the trend in today's day and age and so some of the things that um, are recommended is you look at your house and you think would a young people would a young person really want to buy this house and you know families are pretty mobile today it's predicted that most people um, will have several job changes it's not like the old days where you had a career for you know when you worked for one company for 25 30 40 years it's like it's predicted that you'll have at least three to four job changes uh, and that's pretty low in some cases in careers and so people are moving and you want your home to be user-friendly where someone can walk in and say oh my gosh I feel the peace in this house and you know Sandy Mm. talked about plants earlier I want to address that in in feng shui the rule of thumb is fresh is always best but if you have a terrible green thumb and you're going to kill things then it's better to go with silk but you know um, but but dried flowers are an absolute no-no on every single level because dried flowers of any kind have absolutely no vitality or aliveness. They're dead, and you're bringing in more dead energy. And so, um, but if you if it's seasonal, you want to go you know go green. You want to have live plants, uh, like Sandy was talking about, the house that didn't sell, didn't sell, didn't sell, and then in came the consultant. And next thing you know, there's flowers that are bright and cheerful. There's a picket fence. There's all the stuff that before you've ever even gotten in you know that wow i like this house i like the way it feels so you want to you want to do something near your main entrance that brings vibrance to it um so that's where the wreath the the you know the fresh flowers the annuals etc but the other thing i would like to talk about sandy and um this is just so important is the lighting in your home and um so sandy why don't you take on that because i know 20 years of working with houses you know when it's a dark house or um you just you just know you have to bring in light somehow well you know that that when you enter a house with uh, 
couple of fires. And the house is dark. I immediately try to move ahead of them and turn on some lights because they've got to see. They've got to see rather than be focusing on not being able to see. And so I I move ahead of them and try to turn on the lights uh, and then let them go for it and look at everything they need to look at. But I, but I first of all want them to be able to see the house. The reason real estate agents turn on all the lights at an open house, that house has to be seen for its beauty. When it's dark and when you're squinting, you see nothing. Um I th- you know, you you really feel, I know to backtrack just a tad, um, I've had three houses in the last 30 years. And every one of them, I've had to create a room where it's nothing but light. In two cases, I had to build the room. I have to have that light. And this is true of more people than you realize. And well, a lot of people have. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say a lot of people have seasonal affective disorder, and they don't. They're not even aware they have it. Mm-hmm. So this light so is you, important. Yeah. So you, you have to have that light, and and whether it's the artificial light coming from the lamps, uh, and and the ceiling light, or whether it is from the windows, you need the light. And I can't tell you how many people want to leave those blinds down. We don't want anybody to know that we're moving. Well, I think that the for sale sign out there is a is a is a giveaway. And in you know, let's focus on leaving those blinds open. We want the beauty of this room to show through. And, well, and you know, people today are it's offended a- by dark. And it's a different. It, we are in different times. And Sandy, I know what I'm about to say. You'll you'll say, oh. I mean, the young people of today are computer savvy, and so because of the new search engines, they will make a list of of houses even before they've called a real estate agent, and they will drive by and look at those mm-hmm. houses, and the owner has no idea that. Here are these prospective buyers coming to see their house on weekends, on weeknights, during the day. I mean, I had I had one client. It was hysterical. She would she would go by the house like I would send her the list, and we would have the list of the houses that we were going to go see the next day. And she would have already seen most of them from the outside before. And, and, and she sometimes would text me and say, "Nope, take that one off the list. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like this." And so they have felt the house before they've ever actually even entered it. And they've already exactly. looked at it online. So so all of these things are so incredibly important. And I'm gonna share share a funny story. Okay, when we were when I was training in feng shui, you know, to be certified, um, I had read about it for twenty years before. I didn't even know how to say it. I called it feng shui, you know. I mean I didn't know. And and that's how it looks, you know, so when I actually Well, I still can't say it. <laughs> Feng shui and feng shui means wind and water, and what it means is you want you want you want um, a balanced energy in your home with with the the wind, feng, and the shui water. What it what it is is you don't want a tornado, but you don't want like a typical St. Louis humid day where there's no movement of air, where everything feels 
um, mm-hmm. stagnant. And so, and the shui is you don't, you know, you want water, you want movement, when you want a trickling stream, you don't want a flood, you don't want it to feel like water is rushing at you. You know, so what it is, is it's balanced energy or chi where you have movement, but not too much movement. You have the feeling of a nice breeze, you know, you have the sound of of the water, a trickling stream, you know, and so there was this case study where there were three um, three homes that weren't selling, okay? So um, the the realtor said, okay, we're going to call in these feng shui consultants, similar to what you were describing with the gal um, who came and changed the outside energy of that home. So at any rate, these feng shui consultants came in, they changed the energy of these three homes, and something interesting happened. The people loved their homes so much they took them off the market. So, of course, that wasn't a real big hit with the realtors. You know? I mean, it was like, keep the feng shui consultants away from our clients. But but the point is that there is such a transformation. And, you know, and part of what I offer as a real estate agent is the kind of comes, that's one of the benefits that comes with Cindy Meyer is, you know, I, I make the suggestions, you know, Sandy and I both, you know, have described where, you know, you need to declutter, you need to do this, 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 this. But then in addition, one of the things that I offer is um, especially it's so much easier if the house, you know, um, if if the person just gives you free reign. But I will suggest moving this here, moving that there, you know, creating a conversation area. Because um, a lot of times what you'll walk into is a house, I see it over and over and over again, where all the furniture is lined up on one wall and it's all facing the TV, especially with these big entertainment centers and the larger the TVs have gotten, the less um, the less there has been, you know, it's more of a media room in, in a living room now sometimes or a family room. And you can never even imagine having a conversation. You talk to the person next to you, but there's no eye contact. So that's one of the things that we look at is creating um, a feeling of being invited into the home and, you know, just a feeling of connection. Um you know, and Sandy and I both talked before the show, and one of the things that we want, wanted to uh, make sure that we addressed um, is the emotional part of parting with a home and the emotional part of sellers um, and, and you know, and the buyers. You know, there's a whole deal. Like sometimes buyers, you know, as much as they're excited once they find the perfect house, there's also a certain letdown that can happen after they've been on the hunt or the search for so long. Um, so, Sandy, why don't you talk, you know, just a little bit about that aspect of, of buying or selling a home? Well, one of the things that, that I stress uh, with a buyer, and I do work with probably a 60-40 buyer's sellers, and I, I'm not sure if it's because I just really love buyers or or what it is. I, I mean, I just I get into them. I get into their heads. And and it's just such a wonderful challenge. And then I get to sell their house when they move in three or four years. Um, but but I always tell them, you know, be careful what you buy, because I'm going to have to come back and sell it in three or four years. And of course they get a you know they get a big kick out of it. And 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 that that is a true statement. And you know, I, I, um, that same uh, per, or couple that did not buy the house that I talked about being transformed, they bought another house. Well, another one of the top three was a house that was fairly unusual, although it had historical color. 
uh, it had been a, a former speakeasy in one of our St. Louis uh, communities. And uh, it was, you know, it had a lot of color to it. It had a lot of good things. But I said to them, you know, this has got, this has got so much going for it. It's awesome. You, you have the space you need. It's so pretty in the kitchen. But I am telling you that when I come back to sell this for you, when your husband gets that great promotion in five years, I am going to have a hard time selling it, just like the seller's having a hard time. It has too many oddities, and they understood that because that is a you know you buy something that unless you can transform it and make those negatives positive, it's going to be the same house in five years when you go to sell it. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, and, and you know, I think that buying a house, uh, other than buying the one you're going to love, buying the one that you're going to be able to, to really live in, one of the most important things that you can consider is, am I going to be able to sell this? It's so important. I mean, you know, wise, wise words. And, you know, I just I just see it over and over again. And I want to I wanna mention the two rooms in the house that are, like, really, really important. And then I want to um, make sure that you have our contact information. Um, the two rooms in the house that are absolutely the most important for keeping clean and having um, being inviting are the kitchen and the bathrooms. So... In your bathrooms, the more you can create, first of all, you just have to keep them spotless. There's no way around it, and they have to smell good. So the more you can create a spa-like atmosphere, just think of if you've ever been in a spa and you walk in and you have you you have the smells, you have the sound of water oftentimes. You know, there's, you know, a bathroom is what we call a yin room. You don't invite the tribe in there. It's a room for, you know, doing the, the sacred honoring of the body and, you know, you know, taking care of the the mental part and physical part of your of your you know it's private. You just don't invite the tribe in the bathroom. And no. the other yin the other yin room is the bedroom. And you know it's it's not a place like in feng shui. Like when Sandy was describing the the person who didn't want to take down the room divider, you can imagine what I I when I go into a bedroom and here is the parent the parent pictures of the couple's parents. You know here's all of their kids, all of them. You know, I'm like, oh, great. You know, you have a, I bet you have a great sex life. You know, the whole audience is here. You know, get rid of all this stuff and put a picture of the two of you. And, I mean, I've seen it. I mean, I and one of the things with my coaching clients is, um, you know, one of their, the, normally I do packages with coaching, and one of the um, sessions is a feng shui consultation. And I work with people all over the country. So many of them are done by Skype or, um, or they're um, done. They they send me digital pictures, et cetera. But one of the reasons for that is 
I have seen it over and over again. A person will say, well, I want to be in a relationship, and you've done everything you can to coach them on it, but you've never seen their space. And so I'll never forget. I mean, it was like it was when I made it a deal breaker. If you're going to work with me, I need to see inside your house. And so many people don't want you to see inside their house. And that's like what you, know, what you were describing with the blinds down and, oh, my God, they can see in. Yeah, they better be able to see in. You want them to feel your house and feel it happy. Um, is this? It, so I went to this this house, and there was a shrine to the dead sister and the dead dad that had died within a year of each other. There was still the program from the memorial service. The dead flowers were there. Everything, everything was there, and it was all in the relationship corner. So we spent a lot of time just rearranging and making that that floor balanced and and happy and then I just said you know I have to see the bedroom before I go and when I walked into the bedroom every single surface was covered with bridesmaid pictures and all the friends and all and I'm like who are all these people and she goes oh these are all my friends and I said gotta go if you want your own husband you have to let the pictures of all your happy friends with their husbands and families go you can't but they make me feel good I see them first thing in the morning and last thing at night I'm like yeah and where's your guy you've been saying for four years that you know and so so it's like it's the energy it's energetics and so your kitchen has to be impeccable your stove cannot have a bunch of crap on it Sandy mentioned refrigerators Um, you just want it to feel inviting and then um, bathrooms they have to smell good and the house has to smell good and some people will use candles there's different thoughts uh, school of thoughts on this but if you are going to use candles you don't want to have vanilla in one room pumpkin in another strawberry in another it creates that patchwork feeling um, and it gives people headaches and so remember you know it all has to have a feeling of welcome um Okay, so we have a couple more minutes. I just want to mention that Sandy and I uh, are both agents for uh, Cobalt Banker Gundager in St. Louis. Um, The phone number to reach us is 314-993-8000. Sandy Wallach, well, actually Sandy or Sandra Wallach, and I am Cindy Meyer. I'm your host each and every week, and um, I do remote remote consultations and Sandy and I both recommend real estate agents in other cities you know that's one of the services that we offer we will find someone to work with you if you're not in the St. Louis area and um so in closing Sandy just 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 one more story that you know you can think of that you want to share you know or just another tip let's put it that way that well you are um, so good at what you do <laughs> and and you're in and, and, and you know I have this office that is full of elephants. And it's, it's, it's gifts that people have given me. They know I love elephants. They know I just, uh, I, I'm just, uh, um, anything you give me that has an elephant uh, figure on it or, or picture or whatever, I love it. And I've never had the nerve to ask Sandy, or uh, no, Cindy, uh, what is it you think of my elephants? How do you think they fit into the... <laughs> Okay, well, you want to know? I'll tell you. Okay. There was a there was a, a friend of mine whose mother collected elephants, and it was not a big house at all, but I kid you not, there were over 100 elephants. She had the tables where you could lift the top off and put the elephants underneath. She had every curio cabinet filled with elephants because everyone loved her and gave her elephants. And this is what you do with collections. I mean, I love all your elephants, but sometimes I'll be in your office and 
and and I'll think, oh my gosh, I never saw that elephant before. And it'll be when I'm at a different angle. So what what is suggested with collections is that you rotate them. Instead oh. of, remember, less is more. So you, like I would suggest that you have a box in there and you put most of your elephants in there and you just put a few out. And you put them with intention. In feng shui, everything is with intention. It's not that you just put out 20 elephants. You put an elephant, you like you put two elephants in your relationship corner if you're wanting to have, you know, attract a partner. So you, every time you see those two elephants, you just imagine those elephants kissing and just being happy and, you know, or an elephant symbolically are a sign of prosperity and abundance. So you could put the fabulous elephant in the wealth corner. And every time you look at that, elephant or you can even put a little red bow around it and think oh i'm just really going to attract money this elephant is you know symbolic of prosperity so what you do is you don't put them all out at one time it's just it's just too much and so you rotate them and and then people are like oh is that new you'll hear it oh is that new no no i've had it for 20 years oh i've never noticed it before and it's because you've moved it to a new place it's all about energy idea what yeah, I change idea. the energy all the time. Okay, last tip from Cindy Meyer on how to uh, say goodbye to your house. And I know, Mr. Producer Nate, wonderful man, I'm going to go a couple minutes over, but here it is. I've seen it again and again. There will be one person in the house that just isn't ready to let the house go. They, For whatever reason, sometimes it's the kids, sometimes it's the college kid that is like, I don't want you to sell the house. You know, I've lived here for 24 years and now you're selling it. It can be anyone. So this is what I recommend for families to say goodbye to their house. You go from room to room. You go to the dining room. You give thanks for all the wonderful memories. And each person, if they want, they can share, oh, I remember the Thanksgiving one, blah, 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 whatever. But you say, you give thanks for the memories, and you say, and now we release this dining room to the new perfect right owners. And you go room to room, and you basically say goodbye to your house, but you're saying it in a way that you're grateful. You're grateful for all the memories, but you're ready to release it to the new rightful owners. I could go on and on on this subject. You can you can tell. And, um, and you know, of course, there's the Barry the St. Joseph statue. You know, Sandy and I were talking about this earlier, but the bigger thing is setting the intention to attract the perfect right owner and owner or owners and to know that you are ready to transition to this new part of your life and that you deserve to have this um this house be blessed with the new people and you're always, you know, always grateful for whatever memories happen there. Well, Sandy, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> I told you I told you the hour would go by so quickly and you know we're never at a loss for words. So I just really want to thank you for you know being my guest tonight and being my my cohort in real estate and just you know my guiding force on so many levels and just really want to thank you. And listeners, um you can reach uh Sandra Wallach or Cindy Meyer at 314-993-8000 or the Spirit Seeker office for anything at all 636-530-7579. And if you came in a little bit late to be added to our Sacrosanct email list and get our email newsletter letting you know who the guests are on the radio show, when the magazine is online, when there are wonderful mind body spirit events throughout the US, etc., just send us an email to info at spiritseeker.com and we will be sure and add you to our list. Thank you so much. Have a fabulous, fabulous week, and we will be back on the air next week hearing about hypnotism for personal self empowerment. And um, Dr. William Mitchell will be sharing all kinds of amazing, amazing things that are being done with hypnotherapy um, in this, this time that we're living in. So thank you so much. Thanks again, Sandy, for being my guest. My pleasure. Okay, okay good night, everyone.